All right, the Clippers are on a nine-game winning streak. Is Joel Embiid the MVP frontrunner? And are the Cavaliers on the verge of becoming sellers at the NBA's trade deadline? It's the Thursday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. I'm normally on Wednesdays, but we switched with Pat the Designer and Nick Angstad uh, last night as the Pelicans were taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. So I'm here on Thursday with Kuka Hill of Locked On Pistons. Kuka, thanks for being here with me, buddy. Appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to it. He's a, he's a rookie here on Locked On NBA, so hopefully the refs give him a good whistle here. Hopefully this doesn't start a losing streak as he's covering the Pistons here for Locked On <laughs> Don't NBA. Don't worry about starting anything. It's already, it's already there. <laughs> it's just deep, deep, deep in it there. And of course, thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering everything you want to know about the association. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. So let's start off with what I think is one of the bigger stories in the league right now, and that's the Los Angeles Clippers on a nine-game winning streak, finally figuring some things out in a pretty big way after the James Harden trade. All right, Koo, what you got for me here when it comes to the Clippers? You buying them? We're not doing buy or sell, but... They look real, don't they? They look legit at this point, I think. No, yeah, I think they look pretty legit. I, I've gotten been able to catch some of their games, a little bit more of their games as of late because obviously the Pistons are trash, so I try to find good <laughs> games to watch. Um, so I've been watching some good basketball, and the Clippers are definitely one of them. I think James Harden is looking as, um, I would say, as, as springy as he's looked in quite a while. Um He's looked really good, but I do think despite, I mean, I think James Harden obviously is a big reason for why what's going on, how well they've been playing. But I think Kawhi looking like Kawhi is probably like the biggest reason for what's going on over the last 11 games, 29.3 points. He's shooting 60% from the field, 56 from deep, 92% from the free throw line, 6.2 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.3 steals. Um, I know earlier in the season there was some talk about, you know, is Kawhi, you know, are we seeing Kawhi maybe, you know, is he is he resting during the season? Is he trying to go slow? Is he, you know, is the injuries finally caught up to him? Um, but I think he's kind of quieting all of that as of late, especially this past game they just played tonight that we're recording. Um, yeah, I think Kawhi being back to what we expect of him, especially like the playoff Kawhi type, I think that's the biggest reason. But for sure, I think the Clippers are figuring it out after a rough start. Um, and it's fun to see Kawhi and James Harden both look pretty good in, in their older years. Yeah, look, I, th- I think you nailed it, right? Like, the Harden addition is fine for them. It works. That's great. But the reason they're winning games is Kawhi Leonard is reminding everyone that he's one of the best players in the league. He's, he's played every game this season for them, right? Like, that was going to be the big thing for the Los Angeles Clippers was, are they going to just load manage, you know, it kind of tanks their season, then they get into the playoffs and look like nobody has ever seen each other before it ever played together. But you've gotten just a fully healthy season from Kawhi Leonard, you know, he was great in this one. He, I think, created nine or 11 straight points in the fourth quarter, really took over this game for for the Clippers, right? They've been healthy with Paul George, too. This was his first game, uh, sorry, second game missed this season for the team. Like, that is a very good thing so far for him, that they're kind of getting that consistency with everything. And then some of the role players are stepping up for him, and they've been really good since this. You don't go on a nine-game winning streak by by accident here. 
Do you, where do you rank them in the in the Western Conference? I think they're so. I was actually listening to JJ Reddick's podcast with Nikias and uh, Steve Jones the other day, and they were talking about the Clippers, and they were ranking where you know they thought they had the Clippers. Um, and after listening to them talk about, it, I think I'd have them around, like, like in between the first and second tier of the West. I don't know okay. if I feel all the way saying that they're the top tier in the West. I would say I have the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves are really impressive this year. So I'd have the Timberwolves number one. Uh, I'd still have the Nuggets uh, number two, or actually the Nuggets probably number one, then the Timberwolves number two. Um, and I think after that, you can start to make arguments for others. But I think the Timberwolves um, have st- kind of separated themselves a little bit. I think the Nuggets, obviously, I don't think anyone's really, you know, I think everyone expects the Nuggets to basically be the best team in the West when it really matters. Um, so I have those two in the top tier, but I think the Clippers, if they continue to play this way, they can find themselves in that type of tier as well. Yeah. You know, I, I think they can kind of creep, creep up there. I wouldn't put them as one of the favorites. I think coming out of the West though, if there are injuries, I think that kind of opens the door wide open for them. Also, like, do you trust this team in the playoffs yet till you've seen it more, right? Like, am I going to trust Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the playoffs together on this team till like, they actually do it and don't kind of get, like, laughably bounced, right? Like, does that mean make a finals with this group? You know, there were big concerns earlier on after this trade, too, of did this make them worse? Did they give up, you know, role players even though they didn't really? You know, and were they going to find people slotting into the right roles? Does that change as we get later in the season? There's still some questions, I think, that I want to see answered about them. But overall, like, and also beating up on, you know, this – Dallas team, right, that doesn't have Derek Lively, who's out, right, doesn't have uh, Kyrie Irving playing either, I think says something too. But how are you feeling about Luka, though, trying to carry these maps now? I mean, Luka is amazing as usual, man. He's he's just so much fun to watch. Some of the passes I see him make every anytime I watch a uh, Dallas Mavericks game, man, he just does some – they're just insane, man. It's next-level type of things. Um, so I love watching Luka. I really love the pairing between him and their rookie big man. Um, I, I think that was a great pick by them. Yeah. And I think Luca and Kyrie are looking better together than I initially thought that they would look together as well. So I think it's looking pretty good for them. I think they're better this year than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, also like the the Dante Exum kind of resurgence, res, you know, everything kind of just with his career being resurrected, 16 points in this game. Luca with the triple-double of 28 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. They have some more depth there than I thought they were going to end up having, and I think that's kind of impressed me a little bit. Go, going back to the Clippers, you see any move they need to make towards the trade deadline or just kind of keep going as is and try and keep up with what they have? Uh, I, I don't see a trade as of now. I mean, obviously, something could always open up, and the Clippers have proven to be super aggressive. So if anything is to be available, I'm sure they'll go after it. I think the main one of the other main moves I think they've made, and I think it's a move they can continue to – if they continue to do this, it will be just as good as um, pulling off a trade. Or that same stretch that Kawhi has looked this great, um, and obviously the Clippers overall have looked that great. Russell Westbrook's not even averaging 20 minutes a game. He's averaging 18 minutes a game. He's not playing a lot at all. I think one of my biggest concerns when they acquired James Harden was, you know, I I think the saying there's only one ball on the court is oftentimes wrong. Um, But in this case, I thought, okay, it was like, it actually (laughs) made sense. Um, And I know I saw a few people saying, you know, you don't want anyone to get hurt, obviously. But it was like people were saying, you know, this trade almost makes more sense if, like, you're betting on one of them getting hurt and then you have to have, you know, James Harden kind of helps you when one of them gets hurt. But what they've done instead 
is, you know, Russ is coming off the bench and he's not like he's playing starter minutes either. He's not playing very many minutes off the bench for them. So I think limiting his minutes um, off the bench is helping them a ton. I think that's a role that they found for him. And from all accounts, it doesn't sound like he's too mad about it. It doesn't sound like he's, you know, he sounds like he's bought into everything. So I think that's if they continue to do that and everyone buys into their roles. And obviously Kawhi continues to be Kawhi and not get, not get hurt, hopefully. Um, I think they'll be fine, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't see them needing to make big moves. Just kind of keep doing what you're doing and just trying to get like incrementally better could make them in that top of that like second tier in the Western Conference potentially. So coming up next, let's talk about Joel Embiid. Is he the MVP front runner? We're going to pay real or fake. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on NBA. And right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors because eBay Motors is partnering with us here to bring you the eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. We got fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd bringing you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with the players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. Again, it's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. You got Brandon Pazemski. Pazemski has looked comfortable as a starter for the Warriors. He's widely available in fantasy leagues. He contributes all across the board. You also have Tari Eason coming off the bench, but it doesn't really matter as Ime Udoka has found minutes for him. He's a strong fantasy value per minute option who becomes useful to everybody as these minutes tick up. So Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same for your vehicle. I work on all my cars. I'm restoring a 1976 Corvette right now. It needs a lot of parts. There's no worse feeling than getting a part, taking off a part, putting on the new one. Now your hood doesn't close. I don't need to worry about that with eBay Motors. That's actually happened to me. Because with over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Whether you want to upgrade your brakes, add LED headlights, put a new roof rack on, upgrade your bumper, whatever it is, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, my favorite part of this, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time time or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your vehicle running over at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, breaking down everything you want to know about the association. For your second listen, go check out what we've launched here with Locked On. Launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel all right normally on wednesdays we play real or fake we're playing real or fake on thursdays because we switch it up here this week so let's play it cool you've never played this before it's pretty simple here after his dominant performance in the game uh over a very good defense and i'm sure we'll get into that in this one where did the exact number just go i just lost it joel Embiid, 51 points real or fake coup joel Embiid is the mvp favorite right now I mean, I think he has to be right. I, I mean, who? I don't really know who else he would put above him. The, the 76ers have 19 wins. They're third in the Eastern Conference. They're only a game behind the Bucks and the Celtics. Um, Joel Embiid is currently leading the league in scoring right now. Um, he is remaining extremely efficient. Um, the overall offense of the Philadelphia 76ers is running very smoothly. Um, and this is without James Harden, who is obviously a, a great player. 
Uh, they moved on from him. And I'm sure a lot of people thought that maybe they would take a step back, but they haven't lost a beat at all. And it's a lot to do with Joel Embiid. And he talked about it a little bit, you know, I think it was yesterday or two days ago about how, you know, you can't win playing ISO basketball. And he's really buying into now, obviously Joel is going to get his shots and his usage still, but he's really buying into playing, you know, some team basketball. He's really buying into playing winning basketball for the Philadelphia 76ers, which also presents the opportunity for him to dominate doing what he always does. Um, I think combining just what he's doing in his own, you know, just looking at his own stats versus how successful the 76ers have been amid what we saw happen all offseason with the drama with James Harden. Um, I think that adds to the story argument of the MVP. And then obviously I think he has the stats for it too. So yeah, I think he's the MVP right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I, th- I think this is real. I don't know if I'll end up winning it the season. I think maybe I think this is a little bit closer than you do. I think there's like five guys you could make an argument for and I wouldn't have a problem with that. But after 51 points against one of the best defenses in the league, I think that kind of really solidifies him in that top spot, right? Over the past, and this isn't counting his 51 point game that he just had. Over the past 12 games, he's averaging 36.8 points per game, six rebounds, 12 uh, sorry, six assists, 12 rebounds. He's shooting 37% from three, 56% from the field. Like he's, he's just ridiculous. He's also anchoring a very good defense too. The numbers kind of speak for himself. The argument against him has been that he's been really beating up like bad teams, bad defenses, and hasn't been doing it against some of these top units out there that some of the other guys like Giannis, Jokic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I think is in the running. Luka Doncic would be in the running too. Those are my five guys have been doing. But then when you go out, and drop 51 on the Minnesota Timberwolves who've been as you were talking about them in the last segment, right? Like they've been good. They have the best defense in the league and the best interior defense in the league, particularly too, with Rudy Gobert anchoring that. For him to come in and then straight up own that team like he did, even with some kind of touchy foul calls going his way in that first quarter, I think that kind of puts that narrative to bed. The one thing you were almost you almost could point to that holds him back right now. Yeah, I you know Thinking about the MVP race at this point in the season, I feel like the last three years has been the same guys. Can, it like, has been. Like Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. It's like it's just, I feel like it's been those guys battling each other for like four or five years now, like constantly over and over. I mean, like you said, Embiid has had 51, but Giannis has had 64 the other night. <laughs> like, um, and Jokic obviously is Jokic. Another guy that you mentioned, I'm happy you brought him up, um, SGA. I think he's been absolutely fantastic to OKC Thunder. Um, are a top five seed right now in the Western Conference, actually second in the Western Conference right now. I don't think, you know, I think a lot of people were were maybe higher on the Thunder coming into this year, but I don't think anyone thought they would be like the second seed at this point. Um, It has a lot to do with how SGA is playing. Um, I think MB's the MVP right now, Um, along, you know, obviously the two other guys I just mentioned that are always right there with him fighting for it. Um, But I do think there are some sneaky names this early in the year. But who you got? So I'm going to say Embiid ends up with it still. Okay. But there's two there's now there's two names I want to throw out there that I don't think are going to win it, but I think deserve just to get some love. Um, one is SGA, so I'm happy you brought him up. That was the first one. And then the second one, my question, I, I guess it's kind of a question too. How, how long do the Minnesota Timberwolves need to be the first in the West before one of them start to get like, whether it's Cat or Anthony Edwards, starts to get like some talk about this? 
That's a great question, actually. You know, the Timberwolves are kind of interesting, I think, right? Like, they're good. I've watched them pretty closely this year. Like, that team's legit. That defense is very good. There's some limitations to that defense. Dominant big man Zion lit him up, right? We just saw Embiid light him up. There's there's limitations to it, but they're a very good defense. And then you're anchored by Anthony Edwards, who I think is a bona fide stud at this point, right? Like, he's a guy that can go out and give you 50 on any given night, and you wouldn't blink an eye that he did that sort of thing. I think because they have three guys that are kind of carrying them in like various ways they're taking away from one another a little bit right like I would assume it would be Anthony Edwards who would be getting the MVP buzz this season he's averaging almost 25 points per game five assists five rebounds shooting 38 percent from three on good volume there too kind of leading their team I think you know it feels like Towns has kind of taken a slight step back and roll with the emergence of Anthony Edwards. So I kind of take him out of the running there. But I wonder if just Towns still being there kind of takes away a little bit from him. But look, Anthony Edwards also has kind of like the narrative, right? He led Team USA. He was the best player on that team. Coming into the season, we expected like a leap from him, but maybe we weren't expecting it to be like as good or is he not living up to that hype? Maybe he's kind of a victim of his own success. But that do you do you think it's Anthony Edwards over Towns? I do think it's Anthony Edwards over Towns right now, but I, I'm, I want to give love to Ant- Car Anthony Towns during this too because I think I mean he's averaging 22, uh, he's shooting over 50 percent from the field, 40, yeah. almost 43 percent from the uh, from I, beyond I, the arc. I've heard he's the best shooting big man in NBA history according I mean, to himself. I mean he's 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 shooting like one right now. He's shooting like <laughs> one right now. So I don't think these guys are like I don't think they're gonna win MVP. But I, I just wonder how long, like, because it is early in the season still. We're like a quarter through yeah. the way through the season. I just wonder how long do they need to remain as like, oh, I think most mostly right now with them as the first seed, people are still looking at them like, oh, well, you know, fun story. But I don't think anyone, I don't feel like a lot of people are looking at them as like, oh, God, this is like a championship contender right now. I think most people are looking at them as like a good story right now. Well, that's because they just haven't done it, right? They haven't won a playoff series in 20 years. So, like, I think they're legit and very good. Would I would I go to you know um, any at like Fanduel or any place and like bet on them? Like absolutely not to win the championship because I don't trust them in the postseason. And I wonder if that's gonna like hold people voting back for Anthony Edwards. Like, does that hurt some of the narrative of like it's just got to be like a prove it year, right? Like Jokic kind of needed to win to to carry the Nuggets to the finals, right? You could argue he should have won MVP, like very easily could have argued he should have won MVP over Embiid last year, but it seemed like voters didn't want to give him a third straight MVP till he won a finals or took a team to the finals, right? Does does this Timberwolves team need to win a playoff series, let's say, for like a guy like Anthony Edwards next season to finally be allowed to be in that conversation? Or is he going to be like the token, like fifth place guy that you put on there just because like he had a good year but because i don't trust this team i'm not going to put him in my top four something like that yeah like i said i don't think either one of them are, are going to be you know top contenders for the mvp um i just think you know like i said i think if we're in february and minnesota timberwolves are still number one in the western conference i think anthony edwards has to get some kind of buzz at that point like if we're at that point they're number one in the west which by the way the west every single time it sounds like or at least it feels like the East is like catching up to the West. The West then comes up back and just, you know, gets even tougher. So um, if in February, somewhere around there, they're still number one. I think Anthony Edwards has to get some kind of noise. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like you've got to start giving them kind of credit for, you know, the winning and the things that they're doing there. Where So how would you rank those top five guys or your your top? So it's not, are you leaving Luca out of the conversation too? I, no, I'd have Luca in there right now. I'd probably go, so I'd probably go Embiid. 
I'd go Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, SGA, Luka. Okay, I think that's fair. That's probably about mine. It probably goes Embiid, Giannis, Jokic. Yeah, SGA. I would do the same top five. Like, that's what I like. I think that sounds right. But I don't think Anthony Edwards is necessarily, like, far behind. Actually, I think he's a little bit out of that top five, but he should start getting some buzz. You're right on that. All right, coming up next, Cleveland Cavaliers. Is it time for them to sell off their pieces given the injuries they've had and maybe Donovan Mitchell leaving? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on NBA. Right now, though, I'm here to tell you about BetterHelp, and this podcast is brought to you by and sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, it's the holidays, so whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself, and the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. I actually use BetterHelp. I really like it. You know, therapy is not just for people who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. How to set boundaries, basically just empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. My favorite part of this is it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I don't have time to go drive to a doctor's office, sit in a waiting room, go have the appointment, then drive back home. Here I can just be working, hop on my appointment, go back to what I was doing. It's so easy, and I'm there always for the appointment. So in the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA to get started. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the association. I'm going to spare Koo and not ask him about the Detroit Pistons because I'm sure you want to talk about anything other than them right now, dude. I, I, I do. Anything <laughs> anything but them, I'm good. <laughs> That's why we got you on Locked On NBA here. Give you, give you a break. A, just, yeah, just got to take a break. It's fun to talk about like good basketball or even mediocre basketball compared to the Pistons. Good basketball. So. When you've been down so long, everything looks like up, basically, I believe, yes. is the saying when it, when it comes to all of that here. Well, we, we appreciate you being on here. So let's get into the Cleveland Cavaliers, who did beat the Utah Jazz, which makes this maybe a little bit more of an interesting conversation. Per Jake Fisher of Yahoo, you know, a lot of teams are calling about their pieces. They have injuries to Darius Garland with a broken jaw. Evan Mobley just had surgery. You know, there have been a lot of rumors that Donovan Mitchell is going to bolt out of Cleveland the first chance he get he uh, they get he did not end up playing in this game I don't think um, and they still went out and beat the Utah Jazz when you look at this team being a guy who covers the Eastern Conference you know what do you think the Cavaliers should be doing right now so I, I think they're in a in an interesting position because so I'll take you back to like when they traded for Donovan Mitchell initially. Like, obviously, my first reaction was, oh, great, another Central Division team just went and made a move and the Pistons still suck. That was the first initial reaction. Um, but then there's a, the second reaction was, that's a pretty damn good team. That Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, like, that's a pretty damn formidable unit. Um, and then, obviously, they had a disappointment in the playoffs. Um, I think what really makes it interesting, obviously, is the injuries to Darius Garland Evan Mobley. Like, them being out... I mean, Mobley, I think they said he's out six to eight weeks. Yep. Uh, Garland's more four to six. So, And that's just more, you know, I say this all the time to my listeners, that's just when they get reevaluated. That doesn't mean they're coming back at that time. That just means Correct. that's when they get checked on again. Um, so who knows how long they'll be out. Um, I think, 
you know, them winning three straight games right now kind of helps this whole noise and it kind of helps, you know, the if they wanted to just, you know, hold Pat and just wait till they got back, that kind of helps the narrative right now because, they, you know, they're on a winning streak. But if those guys are going to be out for a while and there's noise about Donovan Mitchell, like, not wanting to be there or wanting to get out, how good are you going to be without Garland and Mobley at this point? And is, you know, is it worth playing Mitchell and, and you know, trying to hang on to what, like a ninth seed, 10th seed or somewhere around there while these guys are out? Or should you just go ahead and say this season, you know, it is what it is. This was, you know, we bad luck this year. Mobley and Garland will be back next year. They'll be back at the end of the year. Um, and during this time, we'll go get assets for Donovan Mitchell and recoup in the off season, be ready to go with a different version, not a, not rebuilding, they're just retooling with a different version of this team. Um, I think their main guys, even with Donovan Mitchell on the team, is still their youngest guys in, in Garland and Mobley. Um, those are that's their future. Cause I do think Mitchell, even if they don't trade him, I think he is looking to get out once his uh, his contract's gone. So I think this kind of opens up a opens up a pathway for them to trade Mitchell and kind of go down the route of, oh, well, he didn't, you know. It's not that he didn't want to be here. It's not that he hated here. It's not like that we didn't want him here. We're kind of, you know, we're with injuries and everything. We were kind of forced into this pathway. We just, you know, took it this way. Look, I think you got the right read on it. You know, I, I can, you can see the argument for them not moving any of these guys and to continue to go forward because they're a good team, right? I don't think they're going to come out of the East anytime soon with this exact roster, but they're a good team that could, in theory, make some noise, assuming they don't run into like a terrible matchup in the first round of the playoffs. But when you look at their ceiling, right, like compared to some of these teams in the Eastern Conference here, they're not going to be better than Boston. They're not going to be better than Milwaukee. They're not going to be better than Philly. Their ceiling to me is like fourth seed. Is that what you want your ceiling to be? in the East, right? Like, I wonder if that isn't really good enough. And it was funny. I went on the Locked On Cavaliers show earlier on in the offseason as they were talking about Evan Mobley and kind of comparing him to Anthony Davis, who I covered for his first couple of years here in New Orleans. And I, you know, when I was talking to them about it, they said something that surprised me, which was they see like Evan Mobley as like the number one player on this team. And I was like, over, over Donovan Mitchell. And they said, yeah, even if Donovan Mitchell's there, we think Evan Mobley's ceiling is so high. If that's who you think is going to lead you. This is the year to kind of sell off the other pieces that may or may not be there in the future. And Donovan Mitchell recoup a lot of those assets and then start building around them. Right. If your core is going to be Darius Garland and it's going to be Evan Mobley, get other young players that are a little bit more on their timeline that can complement them perfectly, I think. And that's what makes it so interesting, right? Like, do you want to move on from a guy like Jared Allen and just free up all of the front court space for Evan Mobley and try and put more shooters around him and different things. And I think a good argument could be made for that you know if this team looked like they could fight for the one or the two seed in the east when they were fully healthy I don't think you blow this up and you you risk it in a small market like that when you have a guy like Donovan Mitchell but that's not what I see their ceiling being so at that point I think yeah maybe you need to start like moving on from some of these or start quietly having discussions with other teams around the league yeah you know I don't have a problem if if they want the thing is, is that I think that having those two guards has really helped Mobley. And it really, you know, having mm -hmm. two dynamic scoring guards that can get downhill, especially Garland, who's developed into a really damn good basketball player, a um, really great passer, I think. Um, having those two guys get downhill and being able to provide scoring gravity for him as well, like I think those two guys really have helped Mobley develop over the last few years. So I understand if the Cavs don't really want to move off of that because they think maybe that will 
you know, hurt, hurt Mobley. Especially, I think those two guys are the ones that make the whole double big thing work. If they, if they have, mm-hmm. if they're going to run that two double big thing, having two guys who can hit pull up threes and pull up jump shots and provide that kind of spacing, um, I think that is really what the key that allows them to run those type of lineups. Um, but yeah, I, I, if I was them, I would side on the, you know, these guys are out for a while. You know, if they were healthy, I wouldn't do it. If they were healthy, I, you know, I want to see how far they go. I think Max Struess has been really good for them. I think that was yeah, a yes. really good signing. Um, so healthy, I'm sure like people outside would be like, you know, their ceilings, you know, fourth seed, they're not going to beat these guys. But I'm sure within, they probably feel like, you know, with this addition, with the guys we got here, we can go toe-to-toe with anybody and who knows what will happen in a seven-game series. Without these guys there, who I know they're on a three-game winning streak right now. I don't think that's going to hold up. I think they're going to fall down the, the standings because of it. Um, and I think they might be falling back a little too far to really get to a point where they feel like they could, you know, do something along with the noise around Donovan Mitchell. I just think it makes sense as of at this point, it doesn't even have to have to happen like right now, but just like this season, I think it probably makes some sense to try to just recoup some assets for Mitchell and retool the next version of the Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, right? Like it, this team makes sense. I really would like to see them fully healthy for a whole season and see what like they're capable of doing. They're a very fun team to watch, I think. You know, I don't think you look to move Garland, right? It's just really do you move Donovan Mitchell? Do you maybe then move Jared Allen and go from there? I I think when it comes to all of them, but if you're not going to break through, you may as well go retool around these guys as you said. It's not a rebuild, it's more of a retool. So, definitely go listen to Locked On Cavaliers. They're going to be covering this one because that's a team that could kind of really shake up up the NBA's trade deadline. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on NBA. I'm your usual Wednesday co-host here on Thursday, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. He is Kuka Hill at Kuka Hill on Twitter, host of the Locked on Pistons podcast. Dude, I appreciate you being on here, man. Appreciate you, man. Have fun doing it. Of course. Thanks for listening to Locked on NBA, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.